Good morning to our reindeers. We're back again for another episode of Sink or Swim, this time a holiday edition. I'm Lexi. And I'm Summer. And today we're going to be talking a little bit more about OB-GYN and the world of med students choosing their tracks and all of their priorities. Sounds great. Should we get into it? Oh wait, first we should probably talk about our coffee orders since we're in such a Christmassy mood. Um, What did you get, Lexi? So I got a sugar cookie almond milk latte, a classic, but a goodie. Nice. What would you rate it? How are you enjoying? I'd say like a good 9 out of 10. Nice. And you, what are you drinking? So I got a little fancy this morning. I went on TikTok and I was feeling in a Christmas mood. So I looked at the top Christmas drinks from Starbucks and somebody on TikTok told me I needed to order this. It is a iced chai tea latte with a shot of espresso and then cougar <laughs> sugar cookie. The cougar latte. <laughs> the cougar latte. And then sugar cookie cold foam as a topping. Wow. There is yeah. no gatekeeping here. No gatekeeping. However, I will be taking your wallet with this one because it cost me $7.70. So would not recommend. That's a lot. I think the price of coffee has gone up significantly. Yeah. But I keep buying it. Same. Anyway, anywho, let's get started. Okay. So today we are going to um, talk about, so we have two segments today. For the first part, we're going to do tips for all of your third year rotations. Um, Last week or in our last episode, we talked a lot about the OBGYN rotation. Um, But this week, we're going to do a little bit on each rotation and what you can expect, our experience, and maybe some tips that can help you along the way. And then we'll come back for part two. And for part two, we're going to do a board prep for the OBGYN shelf. So this will just be Lexi and I going through board questions together. Um, We actually got inspired by this. um, We were inspired to do this by what is the podcast we like, Lexi? Uh, Buzzwords. Buzzwords? Okay. And that's on, is it on Apple Podcasts? I listen to an Apple podcast. I think you could listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. I sound like an ad. (laughs) okay and what are what are the guys names it's like Bo Bo and Bobby Bo and Bobby okay so Bo and Bobby do these podcasts this is also just a little pro tip um so they do these podcasts where they answer step one questions step two questions questions about specific things um and they basically just work through you world style questions together and for me that was like a really fun thing to listen to as I was studying for step one and two you know those are long days of studying so I kind of felt like it was nice to get up from my desk, take a walk, put in my earphones, and then, you know, just take a listen. And it was also, you know, it was nice to walk around, get some sunshine, but also feel like you're getting some studying in too. And they're pretty funny. I remember audibly laughing when I would listen to them. They are funny. And they, yeah. All right. So let's get started. We're going to start out today with some tips for choosing your track. This probably is a bit (laughs) more specific to our school. Yeah. But just some things we've garnered over the years. So first things first, think about what specialty you are most interested in. You know, do you want to go into surgery? Are you OB-GYN focused? Um, And that'll kind of help you think about where you want that rotation to be within your track. Um, So a lot of people that I've talked to, for example, if they wanted surgery, they would do surgery like second or third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I will say it also kind of depends on the type of learner you are. If you kind of like to be thrown in head first, maybe do it first. Or if you like a little bit more time to learn how to act on the floors, what to do, how to document, things like that, maybe do it a little bit later in the year once you've learned all those skills. 
I, yeah. So for me, I'd definitely be somebody who, if I know that I'm interested in one thing, I would put it a little bit later on in the year only because I feel like it took me a little while to adjust to understanding how to behave on the floors and just like, you know, how to, how to present myself well. Um, and so I think that takes a little bit of time. You also just want to be comfortable going into it, maybe hear from other students this year, how the rotation was, what you can expect, how to study, things like that. Um, I would, however, maybe not recommend putting it completely at the end um, because as you're going throughout third year, I think one of the hardest things is you're trying to decide what exactly you want to do with your life, you know? Um, So having it in the middle is kind of nice because you have this thought, you know, oh, I really want to be a pediatrician, but then maybe you get to your pediatrics rotation and you just, it's not what you thought it was or you discovered you like something else better. And so having it in the middle allows you to kind of readjust and start getting ready for fourth year and planning for applying for residency. It just gives you more time, I guess. Yeah. And if you don't know what specialty you're interested in, I think there's still a lot of different strategies as far as picking your tracks you know, starting to think about when you take your shelf exams for each of the track schedules and what type of test taker you are. So some of the tracks, they have all of the exams lumped together in one RIA week. I think it was like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so you would take all of the exams then. And then some of the schedules are a little bit different in that you would take, you know, one exam right at the end of your rotation and then move into the next track for the next rotation. And I think, I don't know, some of that might be subject to change. Um, So definitely don't take our word on it. Talk to faculty and see exactly what the test taking scenario is going to be and what that timeline looks like. Um, And then also try to realize, too, that not all shelves are equal. You know, some of the shelves require a lot more work or work on the front end, um, like the IM shelf. Mm -hmm. I think that was that was definitely the hardest shelf for me. Me, too. Um, and it's, it's hard too, because there's just so much information that could be on that shelf. When you compare that to something like OBGYN or pediatrics, it's a much more, the, the content that they could test on is just much smaller. So it just takes much more time to prepare for internal medicine. Um, I think how many questions, I think there was probably like 16, 1700 questions on UWorld for IM when we were going through. Yeah, maybe even more. I remember there being a lot of questions. And they add more every year too. So I think, you know, check on that. Look into that. Um, It's a lot. Um, I mean, it's definitely manageable. Don't let me scare you. But just keep that in your your mind, you know. And then also, if you're somebody that knows for sure you hands down want to be an internal medicine doctor, maybe think about that so that you can prioritize that shelf maybe put family medicine in the same block because you won't have a family medicine shelf um so that's something to think about yeah i think that's a really good tip i don't think that's something that i necessarily took into consideration before i planned the year out Mm -hmm. and i think people that did might have had an easier time with exams and studying and things like Mm -hmm. that yeah well, why don't we just give like a little bit of a background. So Lexi and I were track mates th- for a third year. I don't even know if that's an official term, but that's what I'm calling you. You're my it track It is now. You're my track mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, we, we've been friends all along, but we didn't, we didn't even plan this. We somehow prioritized the same track and got on the same track. And then afterwards, we're like, hey, you're track blah, same, me too. Um, but I think it worked out for the best. I think we did. I enjoyed having you as a track mate. That's good to hear. Okay. Well, I do need to, sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so we, um, so the way ours worked is we did surgery first. 
So that was, you know, we just finished up M2 year. This was like May and June. Yeah. We did surgery. And then we had like three weeks off, I want to say, or one week was like RIA and then two weeks, something like that. We had a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. And then we came back for two months of internal medicine. And then we did... What did we do after that? Then we did OB. Then we did OB. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we did pediatrics. And then that kind of finished up our fall semester. So that was December that we finished up pediatrics. Mm-hmm. And then we had some time off for the holidays. And then we came back and we did family med, family medicine, mm-hmm. then psychiatry. No, we had our selective in between. So we did family medicine and then. Oh, that's right. And then infectious disease, which. If you are listening to this and are not really sure how it works, um, sometimes you can get a selective, which is just kind of something extra that they get put in. I think cardiology was an option, pulmonology was an option, infectious disease was an option. Plastic surgery. Plastic surgery, orthopedic surgery. Yeah. And again, these might change because Lexi and I are getting old. Uh, (laughs) I would say, though, I at least wouldn't choose my track based on the selective. No, I also would not. Um, I think it's... It's hit or miss, and it's just like you're. There's so many other things that you could choose your track on, and it's you're gonna have all of fourth year to choose these electives that you want to do. So just hang tight. Yeah, I feel like more important would be prioritizing the actual location of the hospital, whether that mean distance or the opportunities that are there. So, for example, I really wanted to prioritize Kendall for surgery because I wanted to have trauma experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and she got a lot of trauma experience. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was a good time. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, I think that's important. Think about where you live. And then I guess it's not much of a thing now anymore for pediatrics, but we did peds at West Palm um, or Palms Palm West. West. <laughs> <laughs> Palms West. Near, near West Palm. Near West Palm, basically. Um, but now the pediatrics rotation is in Orlando at Nemours. So, um, which I've heard really good things about. Yeah, I've heard really great things too. I'm kind of jealous. I wanted to do that. I know. I feel like that's like a sleepaway camp for a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's okay though. Um, I'm happy they have the opportunity now. Me too. Okay. So we've talked about, think about the specialty you're interested in. Try to sandwich that in somewhere that logistically makes sense to you. And then you should also think about your shelf exams. Try to not overload yourself one at a time with too many shelf exams. And then also, you know, the shelf exam you really want to do well on, make sure you have enough time to study for that one. Um, And then what else, Lexi? What should they think about? I think that about sums it up. I think at the end of the day, really whatever track you choose, you're going to get a pretty similar experience across the board. Mm -hmm. I think that I thought it was a lot more important like the actual um, schedule of my track and what I'm going to have first, second, mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth. But I don't think it mattered too much and I think they're created pretty well and pretty equal. I agree. The only one thing I would add to that is um, <clears throat> maybe I would think about, you know, I, I thought third year was pretty tiring, you know, so I would think about maybe trying to break up your lighter rotations in between your heavier rotations that's something I feel like our schedule was very front-loaded and I did enjoy that in hindsight you know I feel like we started off with surgery and internal medicine and then we finished off with psychiatry and family medicine so it was kind of like our you know more time intensive rotations were early on but um I also think like there might be some 
thought to kind of spacing those out like maybe doing throwing family medicine in between two hard ones if it's possible although I think surgery and internal medicine usually kind of go one right after the other yeah that is a good point though I think you know the reason I didn't think of that is because I am the kind of person that likes to be thrown in and Mm -hmm. do all my hardest things first Um, and so for me it really worked out well but if you are the opposite and you know you like to save up the hardest for last or Mm -hmm. really whatever works for you then you know maybe just schedule it in a different way yeah I think by the time we got to December we'd just done surgery then internal medicine then PD or OBGYN then pediatrics and those were all pretty intense rotations you know they were rotations that you had to be at the hospital like 6 7 a.m or for surgery earlier um you know very early days and you're studying for shelf exams those all had shelf exams and they were all pretty intense shelf exams so I think by the time we got to December I was pretty tired but then I got a break so you know I think it kind of helps too yeah yeah um oh and then one other thing too that I think might be helpful to some people is well, I don't know because we didn't do this, but I've heard people say that it might be helpful to take your IM um, rotation before your surgery rotation. What That's do you think of that? Yeah, I, there was definitely a lot of IM on the surgery shelf, so maybe mm-hmm. that would have been useful. Yeah, I think so too. I also think, what do you think? So you started, if you started off the year with internal medicine, I kind of feel like all that step one stuff might be kind of fresh in your head still. That's true. I actually don't think that's a bad idea starting out with IM. However, on the flip side, one benefit to finishing with internal medicine is that then all of that information is really fresh in your mind for step two. Yeah. So that kind of goes back to what we're saying where there's no really like perfect track out there. It's just going to be what's best for you and like it kind of evens itself out. Yeah. And if you don't get the track that you would prioritize, I wouldn't sweat it too much. No. You know, you're going to get very equal experience, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. All righty. So I think that kind of covers our tips and tips and tricks for the tracks. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Okay. So do you want to just go in order of maybe like the rotations that we had third year and just kind of talk about our experience and our tips? Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's start with surgery. So let's start before surgery. What should we do? Um, Is there any resources we should have? How do you prepare yourself to go on to the surgery wards? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm in the mindset of like don't do too much before these rotations start. You know, you're going to have a little bit of a break before third year rotations and like try to enjoy that time. You just finished taking step one. Relax. Don't do completely nothing, but don't overwhelm yourself. Um, but I would say, you know, do some like basic knot tying and suturing if you're interested in surgery or a surgical specialty. And then just be watch the videos on how to scrub into the OR and have an idea of what to do when you get there. And you don't have to be perfect on your first day. You don't have to go in and suture and do everything exactly, but maybe just kind of have some idea and practice. That's what I would do. Yeah. And then, you know, pack a good backpack for yourself with everything you might need. Uh, Surgery days are early and long, so bring lots of snacks, things that you can put into your scrub pocket when you might not have access to your backpack, like granola bars and you know what's in your backpack can you give us a full list yeah let me pull it up no but usually I would bring like a couple protein bars I would bring like an electrolyte drink a water what electrolyte drink Gatorade oh okay <laughs> um and then 
always ibuprofen in the bag Mm -hmm. yes and not in my bag but compression socks on my feet (laughs) thank you for specifying (laughs) (laughs) i think that honestly was one of my saving graces for surgery yeah compression socks yes big fan you can buy them cheap too like on amazon i think i got like a five pack for like 20 bucks or something like that yeah just do it your feet will thank you and you'll use them like later on in your career too and bring lots of pens that you're okay with losing yes people people will take your pens yes or you will lose your pens yeah and then you know just your classic like a notebook to write your patient notes in um i love sticky notes on rotations Mm -hmm. yeah you're a big sticky note gal yeah so maybe some of those and i think that's about it anything else they need to bring i think you covered it all that's what i definitely food you got to have something on handy i remember lexi used to have egos quite a bit oh yeah i did do that i forgot about that yeah i used to bring frozen waffles and summer thought i was strange for doing that i've never heard of anybody eating a frozen waffle before it's good you should try it it sounds good maybe the next episode we'll do frozen waffles in starbucks okay but should we put something on the waffle though you just you just ate the plain waffle well it was like five in the morning okay i was tired i wasn't gonna toast it okay yeah maybe eat a good breakfast too although i feel like when it's so early on rotations sometimes i just i would get nauseous like when yeah i couldn't eat yet but we used to eat those premier protein shakes those were good i feel like yeah until they got recalled yep (laughs) (laughs) but now okay so these are a little expensive but i've really been liking um the alani new protein drinks i have not had that they're really good the munchies flavor I'd definitely recommend. Mm. They're kind of expensive, so maybe not on the student budget. But something like that is always a good breakfast option or something to have in your bag. All right. And then let's talk about what to do when you get to the hospital for surgery. Okay. All right. (laughs) So, you know, again, this depends on which location you're at. Uh, A little disclaimer, we were at Kendall, so I think a lot of what we're saying is more tailored to it, but some of it is universal. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so for Kendall specifically, you'd get there early in the morning. Like what time did we get there? Um, I want to say like 5, 4.45. Yeah. Like I think I got to the parking lot at like 4.45. Yeah. The rule of thumb that we had heard anyway is try to get there before your interns. Yeah. And that's like when you know you're early enough. Um, but, you know, again, that depends on your site and your residence and kind of what they're looking for. And also what you're looking for out of this rotation. If you know hands down you're not going to do surgery, don't kill yourself. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Um, So anyway, when you get to the hospital, what we did at Kendall was we went to the board, the surgery board for the day. It has all of these surgeries that are scheduled, the times, the surgeon. And then we would send a text to our team basically saying what was scheduled for the day um, and how the OR had scheduled all of their surgeries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after that, we would usually check in with our residents, see if there's any specific patients they wanted us to take for the day, or we would just talk amongst ourselves as students and kind of split up the patients. Then we would go find a computer, sit down, do a little bit of chart review, go see all of our patients. And then, you know, usually by, I can't even remember what time it was, like maybe seven, eight o'clock is when we would round. Yeah, I feel like, I think it was like 6.30 yeah yeah because halfway through or like an hour through rounds usually the student that was covering the first surgery would have to leave yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but then you go you round on all the patients um you know you give your presentations which maybe we should talk a little bit about that too surgery presentations yeah absolutely keep it short 
Yes. <laughs> but also don't know all of the information. I think that's kind of my biggest thing is like, and also just read the room. Sometimes they're going to want shorter presentations. Sometimes they'll want longer ones. Ask, try to ask your resident, you know, hey, who are we rounding with and what's the best way to do, like tailor my presentation? Yeah. And then even if they say to keep it short, just know everything you can and have it written somewhere so that if somebody asks you a question, you can say, yes, I do know what medication they're on. They're on blah. And use your discretion too. Like if this is a patient that the team has known for several weeks, you probably don't need to give a lengthy presentation, just a quick, you know, this is post-op day, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're peeing, pooping, doing all the things. All the things, yes. (laughs) But, you know, if this is a new patient on the floor, you probably need to give a bit more context. Or if it's an older patient, new attending. So if this is the first time this attending is seeing this patient, then you might need to give a little bit more of a backstory. Yeah, and if you don't know either, if they want like a short or lengthy presentation, you can always ask quick before you present like short, long, full story. Yeah. Updates. Yeah, exactly. Keep your question short too though. (laughs) Yeah, keep everything short. (laughs) Um, All right, so then we're rounding, we're presenting. And then what else can you do on rounds to be a superstar? You can fill your pockets with supplies. Like to the brim so that way you look like ridiculous with all these things coming out of your pockets. Yes. This is the time to prioritize the scrubs that come with like nine different pockets and then wear your (laughs) white coat that has like four different Mm -hmm. pockets. Um, And then – and as I would – we would also get together – the couple of us that were rounding together as students and we'd say okay you have the curl x i have the tape you have the blah and then so we just know that between all three of us we could have it and whip it out and be superstars yeah and that helps a lot like if your attending is about to i don't know see something and they want a specific tool like a suture removal and then you just save a couple of minutes by being able to pull it out of your pocket rather than running around the hallway and trying to find the supply room and- uh-huh going through all that you'll make everybody's life a bit easier including your own i think that is one of the worst things as a student when you're in the middle of a room they're rounding they're trying to be fast you know this is like trying to be efficient rounding yes and they ask you to go find something and it's probably something you've never heard of before because this is your first rotation yeah yeah and so you go to the supply closet and then you realize you don't have the code. So you have to find a nurse or somebody else and say, what is the code? And then finally you get into the supply closet. And then the supply closet is filled to the brim with all of these supplies. And you don't really know what you're looking for because you're starting out as a med student. So then you're looking, you're scouring the shelves trying to find exactly what you need. And then ultimately it's probably not there and you have to go to a different supply closet. And then different by the floor. different floor, by this time the team has moved on somebody else has found it in two seconds (laughs) anyway that's maybe just personal experience but nope I think that's a pretty universal experience I specifically remember like being in a supply room trying to look for something and then like another student came in to help because they were told to like go find me and then eventually the intern came was like helping us both try to find something Mm -hmm. and you know all the while you know that your attending is still sitting there bedside waiting for you to find this specific thing yeah and to them it seems like this has taken decades which it probably has um (laughs) another thing too just is like very minute um that might be helpful is when that opportunity does happen and you need to go get something from the supply room try to learn all of the codes the supply closets they might be different but in your notebook somewhere safe and private that nobody else is going to see write down you know floor five code to supply room x is blah 
I had like by the end of our rotation, I had like a master list. I felt very savvy. Yeah, that's really good. And then that way you don't have to ask the nurses every time you need to mm-hmm. go into a room and get something. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay, what else? All right, so then after rounding, that brings us to sign out where basically everybody that is taking care of the patient in some way or the other goes in this room and you talk about the patient. So you have physical therapy, the surgeons, residents, some nurses that are there. Mm -hmm. And if your patients are being discussed, uh, you know, we used to give short little presentations. Keep in mind the presentations, if you even call it that for sign out, are much, much shorter if that was possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, you would say this is a 55-year-old male, um, status post-appendectomy, post-op day three, Mm -hmm. um, you know, meeting all post-op milestones, ready for discharge today. Yeah. That was beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Good job. Uh, But yeah, keep it short and simple. And then anything else they should know about sign out? Mm, I don't really think so. I think that covers it. Yeah. Sometimes you get food. Yeah. Which is nice. Also, again, location dependent, time dependent. Who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. And then, then it's probably just time for surgeries for the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that a lot of, you know, preparing for the surgeries for the day, if you listen to our last episode, we give a lot of tips about how to handle yourself in the OR, how to prepare for the OR, first time scrubbing in, all that good jazz. So yeah. definitely listen to that. Um, and then... I think the only thing that's really specific to surgery is just see what you can do to be helpful throughout the day. Pay attention on rounds. If there is something to the effect of kind of like a case management issue or something like this person needed paperwork, they needed to get it faxed or whatever, that might be something you can do if you have downtime to just kind of help out the team. Yeah. I used to make a little list during uh, rounds of tasks that need to get done Mm -hmm. um, and then try to do those while I was waiting for surgery to start. But I will say make sure you close the loop. So if you are planning on calling someone to help out with someone, just let your resident know that you're going to do that Yeah, and, you know, that you did it when you finish. Yeah. Or maybe just kind of ask like, hey, I noticed that you guys needed somebody to call, blah. Is it helpful if I go ahead and do this? Because also sometimes there might be things that maybe you shouldn't be doing as a med student they needed to handle or whatever. But just kind of. But it's always helpful to kind of bring that up first. Like instead of just asking, hey, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? And, like, you know, kind of like almost bothering people with how much you want to help. Try to think of, be, you know, anticipate like specific, things that, you specific can things that you know you can do that you and it shows that you paid attention during rounds and like know what to do. Yeah. All right. Um, OK, my last tip for surgery, unless you have any more, Lexi, would be to use your car time effectively. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Um, Well, okay. So surgery is just a very lengthy rotation. You work a lot of hours. You're really tired. By the end of the day, I was a zombie each day. So go home and you have to do your Google questions. But I just remember sitting at my desk and just reading the same paragraph over and over and over. And if you feel this way, know that you're not alone. It's very tiring. But I would always use my car time because you have to, it was like a 45 minute drive, right? So I would put OME on in my car and just listen to his videos. And then sometimes it didn't always sink in, but that's okay because I could re-listen the next day and it just kind of like lets it sink in. And then I also had um, Costanzo. Do you remember that book? Yeah, I read Costanzo before my rotation. Yes, so you could do that. You could be very gung-ho like Lexi or you could be like me. 
and listen to the audio of Costanzo on your car ride each day. So whatever works for you. But that's a great um, resource as well when you're looking to prepare for your shelf. It's a pretty quick read. It's it's it looks long. Yeah, but, but it's, it's it's really not. It's like big font. It's deceiving. It's easy to read, and it's actually very high yield. I think. And speaking of using your time wisely, one thing I did, I know a lot of us did it, was doing the U-World questions on our phone in between surgeries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times in surgery, you're kind of just sitting and waiting for, um, like, the anesthesia team to actually roll the patient back to the OR. And while you're sitting there, you're kind of not really doing much. There's not much to do at that Uh point. And so, you know, getting five, ten questions done, that's less questions that you have to do later. Absolutely. Just also be mindful of how you are per how you're looking to the rest of the world you know if you're sitting on your phone make sure it's an appropriate place to be sitting on your phone or you know that you're not doing that during rounds or something like that just because when people see you with your phone they might not anticipate that you're studying (laughs) they might anticipate that you're doing something else so just be a little bit mindful of that as well yeah absolutely but but there's appropriate time and place for that all right so we talked about costanzo what else do we use to study for a surgery U World, OME. Yeah. I think that's all I used. That's all I used. I used U World, OME while I was driving, and then Costanzo. I think that's perfectly sufficient. Yeah. And the practice MBMEs. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But I think that's pretty consistent. I will say, so I don't have to repeat myself a million times throughout this podcast, that I used U World, OME, and the practice MBMEs for every shelf. I did too. So. I think that's kind of the baseline. And then randomly, sometimes I used an additional resource, but we'll talk about that with yeah. the other ones. Actually, towards the end, I started not using OMI that's for fair. all of them mm-hmm. because I found that I just learned better with questions. Yep. And that's totally normal. All right. I think that about sums up surgery. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you think we should mention? No. Should we jump into internal medicine? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, so we, Alexi and I just finished up our two months of surgery. We had a nice little break, um, and then we came back for internal medicine. So this was, you know, less intense than surgery, right? But Absolutely. How was it different? What do you think was really different about it? I think everything is different about <laughs> IM compared to surgery. Yeah. It's just a much different culture, I think, of medicine. Yeah. Um, you know, I think both are so respectable so complex it's mm-hmm. just in different ways they're complex so you know internal medicine you're gonna go over every minute detail of your patient during rounds uh-huh. um you know really talk about things a lot and it's a lot more detail oriented rather than the fast-paced world of surgery absolutely i think that took me a, a minute to get used to even though majority of your preclinical years when you're preparing presentations in school you're preparing them like you're giving them to an internal medicine attending you know they're long, they're thorough, they follow the whole SOAP format. Um, but even then, going from surgery to internal medicine, I think my first couple of presentations were so fast. Yeah. And they just kind of looked at me like, and then? And yeah. I was like, <laughs> what else? Oh, no. Like, <laughs> I had the same experience. Um, so just be aware that those are going to be a little bit longer presentations. But um, again, ask your residents or the most junior person on your team what the presentations look like you know certain attendings have different preferences so just kind of be mindful of that and also pay attention try to follow other people's formats um you know if you have a whole morning of rounds like listen to the residents and how they present and try to you might need to give more detail just because you are the medical student 
Um, but in general, you can kind of pick up on what they're saying and try to emulate that. Yeah. So let's maybe run through a typical day on IM and okay. what that looks like. Okay. So we did our IM um, rotation at Aventura. And so we would get there. I would get there at like 7. When would you get there? I got there at 6.30, but that was because my resident wanted us there for sign out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think also that was resident specific. So just yeah. ask your team when they want you there. But I was there at 7. Lexi was there at 6.30. And then we would both meet with our residents, ask them or confirm what patients we are seeing for the day. Um, when we first started out, it was like two patients a day. And then we would go and see chart review on those patients, see what happened overnight, maybe read their HPIs, look at their vitals, you know, all those good things. And then we'd go see them, right? Yeah. Okay. And then when you go and see your patient for IM, you know, I guess this is the same really for all specialties, but just really important here, ask your nurse about anything that happened overnight. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times with IM, especially because a lot of the patients are there for so long, sometimes something can happen overnight and it's important to mention it to your team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great, great idea. Um, and then do a thorough physical exam. Even if you don't think you really need to, it's helpful. And it's also good practice for you to just get comfortable doing a thorough physical exam. And it doesn't hurt too. Because sometimes you might not think, you know, oh, you know, I don't really need to like, you know, look at their legs, but something might come up or some question might come up. Who knows? Yeah, maybe you'll find something. Yeah, maybe you'll find something. Um, yeah, so you go and see your patients in the morning. Uh, usually your residents will kind of go right after you go is what my experience was. So mm-hmm. you do your pre-rounding, they do their pre-rounding. And then, you know, once the actual rounding happens with the attending, uh, some do table rounds and then some do actual like, you know, they go and see all their patients with their team. Yeah, Lexi, can you tell me what table rounds are? Because I did not know what that was. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's when your team with your resident, all the students for that specific team, they go by a couple of computers and basically they run through the list, but you know, you're sitting at a table setting rather than outside the room of your patient. Okay, so you're basically just rounding, but you're sitting. Exactly. You're still giving presentations, asking the questions. It's just that you do the bulk of the talking, you know, in that specific spot, and then you'll get up to go see everybody after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, actually, some of my table rounds, we didn't go up and see them afterwards. I mean, you saw your specific patients, but the attending would later see all the patients themselves um, just to be more efficient with time. But yeah. And then so usually rounds on internal medicine, they take quite a bit longer than surgery. So that would usually take until about noon, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we would go to noon conference. So you'd grab your lunch, head on over to the GME building. You'd sit down and usually there'd be some kind of lecture on a topic that day. Yeah, that was definitely one nice thing about our IM rotation is that we always knew we would have lunch at noon. Yes, that's very <laughs> true. You could It's predictable. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. And then afternoon conference, um, you would go back, you'd meet up with your team, and then you kind of just do all the – necessary ins and outs that you would need to do for your patients throughout the day yeah so a lot of your follow-ups and IM are going to be calling family to get some more information about your patients I did a lot of calls to pharmacy Mm -hmm. to confirm patients medications Um, you know you might be running up to ask the nurses some questions talking to case management yeah a lot of errands that you can kind of be helpful with Um, and again pro tip Pay attention during rounds. 
keep a little list next to your master list of all your patients and just write down little to-do lists next to each patient that you can follow up on. You know, like go get their orthostatic vitals, call case management for this, um, call family to ask about X medication. Like write down these specific things that everybody decides that needs to happen during rounds and then go up to your resident afterwards and um, just kind of say, hey, I took some notes during rounds. Which of these would be most helpful for me to do? Yeah, I think that's a really great tip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I usually it's very resident dependent at this point, but try to be helpful. And then um, I think your day is pretty much over for the most part, unless it's a call day, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so call day is basically just when the team that you're on is admitting patients for the afternoon. And so they oftentimes, I thought call days were the most fun. I. <laughs> Like, not in terms of the hours, but the content of the hours was the most fun to me. I agree with that. You get to see a lot of new patients coming into the ED. Yeah. A lot of things are exciting and interesting. Yeah. And it's also, it's, I think for a medical student, it's like the most fun because you get a patient, nobody knows what's going on with him or her yet. So you get to kind of like do your little differential diagnosis and think about what it could be and and everything's just from scratch. You're not reading notes and presenting on it. You are kind of thinking about what it could be. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think that about sums up I am. Yeah, I agree. Should we just give them a little quick, like, what they should do to study for the shelf? Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. So basically the things we always say, OME, if you want to, some people find it helpful, some people don't. I, again, would probably just listen to it in my car. And then two would be questions um there's going to be a lot of questions for your internal medicine shelf early on look up how many questions there are divide it by the number of weeks you're on the rotation make a plan and stick to it don't get behind um and then it's going to be hard to finish those questions every day because there's just so many questions one thing i found helpful maybe you will maybe you won't maybe you'll think i'm crazy but I would always wake up early and do an hour of questions before I went into the hospital. That's solely because I'm a morning person and my mind works best first thing in the morning. And when I got home in the afternoon, I just wanted to take a nap or go to the gym or just I was not focused during studying. So yeah, I did that sometimes, but I think mostly I got my questions done on the floors. Yeah, but would you finish all of your questions on the floors though? Sometimes I did. Sometimes I had to do some at home, but I think the majority of the days I did. That's fair. Yeah. But make your plan. Stick to it. I think that that's all there really is to say about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Should we move into Pete's? Yes, we should. All right. So like Summer said earlier, we did our pediatric rotation at Palms West. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit different than what you all are going to experience at Nemours. Yes, Absolutely. So I think our advice is going to be very general here. I think the biggest thing you can do for peds is, you know, be present, be excited to learn. Um, I mean, it's a fun rotation. Whether you really want to do pediatrics or not, you can't deny that kids are enjoyable. Um, (laughs) Or maybe I'm skewed. I don't know. I think they're enjoyable even if you don't want to work with them for the rest of your life. It's four weeks and it's fun and they're cute. Um, Carry stickers. Stickers. Yeah. yeah, that'll give you the in with a lot of patients. If you give them a little sticker, they'll let you examine them. Yes. Um, and then also talk to the parents a lot. You know, the parents are going to be worried and anxious about what's happening. So 
if you know you as the med student have three patients compared to you know your residents who have 10 mm-hmm. you probably have a bit more time to talk to the parents about what's going on and honestly that can make a big difference yeah absolutely um another thing too that i thought you know we always practice physical exams and in medical school mostly on adults and so it was kind of intimidating the first time mm-hmm. you went in to examine like a baby yeah. or a one-year-old you're like what, what do I do with this yeah um, like, how do I put the side <laughs> of the bed down <laughs> yeah so definitely don't be shy to ask your residents like hey can I watch you examine this first baby or whatever because it is it's it's fair that it's new to you it's a different experience for sure um and you don't you know you just want to be careful with that population yeah we had a really good resident who took the time to show us a whole newborn exam and that was really good to yeah. learn step by step what to do, what to look for, yeah, um, things like that. Yeah, that was extremely helpful. Um, another thing too would be this is the opportunity to get comfortable um, using the otoscope. Um, you're going to be looking in a lot of ears, so make sure you know how to use it. Try to learn how to see the tympanic membrane, all those good things. Summer, what is your favorite age? My favorite of age to examine. To examine. Or like to see in general oh. on the pizza floor. Okay. I would say like two and a half. Mm, good age. Because they can, they, I don't feel like I'm going to break them. And also they like, that's like they're, they're old enough to hug you, which I thought was just, I don't know. That's my favorite <laughs> thing. When you open up a peds room and the kid just looks over, runs to you yeah. and just hugs you. I think that's the that's most the heartwarming thing. Um, and I also, it's just like, yeah. I think they're cute. Yeah. And they're also really like, they res- you know, they're resilient. They bounce back. So That is true. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite age? I think newborns. I just like get so much serotonin when I see them. <laughs> That's like, fair. I want to squeeze them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gently. <laughs> Gently squeeze them. No, no I, I really, I that makes sense though that you enjoy newborns. You know, you're going to be dealing with those as well. I am? Yeah. Oh. Very newborn. <laughs> yes. Um, no I also enjoy those okay all right so another tip from Nicole one of our classmates who wants to be a pediatrician she is a pediatric superstar pediatric superstar um so she said in terms of you know like reviewing for things to prepare her for the rotation the biggest topics you'll see are usually infectious disease related so consider reviewing UTI and pneumonia bugs and then as well as the drugs to treat those. So if you want to look like a superstar in your rotation, that's what she recommends. Mm, that's a good tip. Also, maybe the meningitis ones. Meningitis yeah, bugs. exactly. The meningitis bugs and then knowing like which ones are like vertical versus horizontal and the transmission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think that's about it for P. Yeah. Like, you know, everything else I think is more specific to the location we were at yeah I agree I think it was nice though that we had ob gun right before peds what do you think absolutely we got a lot more acquainted to um like newborn development and mm-hmm. things to look for yeah okay Alrighty. oh last thing I think one more thing before I move on is um like fluids that's different for peds versus adults yeah. So that is probably going to be something. I'm definitely not an expert on it. <laughs> but you should be open to learning about how to calculate fluids and medication dosages. It's different for kids versus adults. And I'm sure you will learn this early on in your rotation. But make sure you learn it and then know how to present it. Yeah. I remember that it was different because you had to say like the um, like MIGs per kig. 
mm-hmm. that you're giving rather than like, oh, I'm giving 70 milligrams of this drug. Right. Because to them, like they don't really, that doesn't mean much unless you know how much the patient weighs. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm getting flashbacks now to our peds rotation. The amount of times I heard the word fussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of a made up word. But there is like a real use for the word fussy. People use that word all the time on the peds rotation. I thought that was kind of funny. And colicky. I heard that word a lot too. Yeah. Fussy and colicky. Yeah. There was an attending there who I remembered showed us this amazing trick for colicky babies. It was called like the three S's. It was like sides. You hold a baby on their side. Sway. So like you sway your body back and forth and shush so like shh 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 shh. it worked like a charm can you do that for me sure (laughs) (laughs) sounds nice okay well i think that's about all i can really impart in terms of wisdom for pediatrics what about you yeah i think that's about it it's a fun rotation yeah it is okay next up we had a break we had the holidays just like we're having now wow can you believe it that was one year ago today wow that we were like finishing up our pediatrics rotation that feels long time flies it does um anyway there's this quote that i saw yesterday and i think it just really applies to med school it's that the days are long years are short i agree it does go by fast when you're really busy yeah it's going by too fast (laughs) anyway so we had our holiday break we got some time to relax we came back we had family medicine so family medicine, I one thing is like you don't have a shelf for family medicine, at least Sweden. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, and the hours tend to be more typical clinic office hours. It depends on what preceptor you're with. Um, but so that's a nice time to kind of refocus and readjust and just kind of, you know, develop your priorities you get to drive to work in the daylight which I thought was really nice yeah that was a good time it was a really good time that's what I'm saying like I feel like it's a nice like it's a breather you know yeah I got really into my audiobook era during family medicine I got you into your audiobook era you did all my Colleen Hoover books yeah pro tip yeah when you're done listening to OME or cannot focus on OME I highly recommend audiobooks um I'll just do a little blurb but so there's this app <laughs> called Summer Me. is an avid reader and I, will really force you to read the books that she likes. I will, even if you don't like them. Anyway, <laughs> but if you are a med student on a budget that likes to listen to audiobooks, I did not know about this app until a while ago, but it's called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. You never told me about this. Well, because it's new. Oh. New to me. It's been around. I just didn't know about it. So that's why I'm telling everybody. Anyway. <laughs> So there's this app called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, and basically what it allows you to do is if you have a library card at any local library, so like right now I have a library card at the Boca Raton Library, and then I just use my card credentials on this app, and I can get any book that they have in audiobook for free, just download it on my phone. Wow. Yeah, it's really nice. Are there a lot of books on there? There's quite a few. There's like the very, very new books are not on there, but like the relatively new books that are notable are definitely on there. Like I just listened to the new Taylor Jenkins Reid book on there. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, right? No. Well, that, that book I read, which also 10 out of 10 recommend that book. Lexi didn't like it, but I recommend it. I read like half of it and then I st- I'll finish it one day. Just... It wasn't exciting. It wasn't what you needed in the moment. Yeah. 
that's fair no i read um carrie soto is back it's her new book i don't i didn't really like it as much as the other ones but it was promising that it was on the app so mm-hmm. okay yeah maybe i'll look into it yeah i'd recommend um i also listened to like a book of the lincoln highway by more towels towels i don't know how you say his name it's a it's like a common book it was okay mm. a lot of people love it it just wasn't exciting for me anyway all this side show basically <laughs> just to say that you can get audiobooks for a good price anyway so back to family medicine we're driving to work in the daylight we're enjoying our lives we're getting to do clinic hours um what are some tips that you have for the family medicine rotation lexi um you know take a really strong hpi with your patients Uh uh-huh um know their histories well you know a lot of family medicine is talking to them about their lives and what's going on with work and their symptoms things like that um, so then, you know, be able to present a pretty detailed HPI to your attending if that's what they want. Uh, hone in on your physical exam skills again here. You probably will have a little bit more time again than your attending will. So do a really thorough exam. Practice doing that with patients that are generally a bit more healthy than they are in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just take your time with your patients. Make sure you're listening to their concerns and, and talking to them and what else i would say um introduce yourself to everybody in the office that you're at and try to get an idea of how the office flows make sure that you're not stepping on anybody's toes by spending all this time with patients so make sure a lot of times they have a medical assistant or somebody that brings the patients back make sure you like um meet this person introduce yourself and just understand their workflow and how you can best kind of fit into that situation to be helpful and to also make sure that you learn um sometimes different medical charts if they're in the chart and then you go in the chart it kicks them out or just random things like that so just have good communication with everybody in the office and make sure that you're doing what you need to do to be helpful um another thing i would say is ask for feedback frequently from your preceptor so this rotation you're not you're not taking a shelf exam so a lot of how you are um, scored is based on how your preceptor views you so ask for feedback not only just for learning you know you want to get better during this rotation but also to make sure that you're on the right track to do how you want to do yeah and ask lots of questions you know i think this is one of the rotations where asking questions is going to be really important you know, I think it's important in all rotations, but you might have a little bit more one-on-one time with your mm-hmm. attending. Yeah. So if you're not understanding something or you just want some more info, I think mm-hmm. it's a good way to to get that and then also to get to know your preceptor a bit better. Absolutely. And one thing I'd also add to all of that is um, make sure you know um, preventive ages for certain screenings and all those things like when do patients get a colonoscopy when do they get a mammogram when do they get a dexa scan pap smears pap smears um if they need a chest x-ray um things like that so think about when you would do all of those things yeah and you can know like some of the more basic vaccinations as well Mm -hmm. that people need to get the shingrix one is a big one for that age population so making sure even just like you kind of making sure every patient has all of that up to date before the preceptor gets in the room I think it's helpful just kind of thinking like oh yeah we're gonna have to talk about a colonoscopy today or whatever it is yeah my preceptor asked me a lot like why are they here what do we need to do Mm -hmm. and so if you have that kind of more in your head before you go in there it's easier to think on the spot like oh I know I need to talk about colonoscopy I know I need to talk about updating blood Mm -hmm. work and then you're good to go yeah 
Great. Um, okay. Any other final words about family medicine? Uh, no, it was a great rotation. I loved family med. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. It's kind of, I enjoy the clinic setting a lot. So I think it's a really fun time to kind of go back to like, in my head, that's what I thought medicine always was. You know what I mean? Like what I kind of thought medicine was even before going to med school. So it's kind of cool to return back to that and just get to sit down with people and talk with them. So yeah. And I, I don't know about you. I had a lot more autonomy on my family medicine rotation that I did um in previous ones like a Mm -hmm. lot more of just seeing my patients by myself and creating Mm -hmm. plans and you know kind of sitting at my desk and you know yeah it was fun it kind of felt like we were the real doctors a little bit not you know obviously somebody's very much looking over to our shoulder (laughs) but it was it it was the kind of the first time we felt like oh like we're doing we're doing this so I think that was pretty cool all right so then we did um our infectious disease selective which was again another interesting opportunity we saw really a lot of really cool diseases um we saw like malaria that was kind of oh yeah we did see malaria we saw malaria Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of what we saw in id unfortunately we did it during like the peak of covid so we saw there were a A lot lot of covid COVID. patients on our service right so it wasn't the best time for id but it was still a good experience and then um so a lot of you probably won't do that rotation, so we won't belabor it too much unless you have anything else to really say about it, but... No, it was just, like, interesting. It was interesting to brush up on antibiotic coverage mm-hmm. and, you know, get a different perspective of, of medicine. Yeah, absolutely. So then we moved into our last rotation of our third year, which was psychiatry. Um, so psychiatry, another interesting rotation. I knew this wasn't necessarily something for me, but I still really enjoyed it. It was really interesting. It was, it was eye-opening as well, I thought. It just wasn't, like, I knew what I was expecting, but at the same time, I had no idea what I was expecting. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a a one-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity if you're not going to go into psych. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to see all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So should we talk about how our rotation went? Yeah. So we did it at Woodmont Hospital. And so we would get there most days around like 7 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Meet up with our residents, get our patients for the day, chart review, go see the patients. Um, Something, obviously pay attention to the safety tips before you go into your psychiatry rotation. There's certain... 100%. 100%. Yes. (laughs) Um. And I think your faculty will go over this with you guys before you start as well. But there's certain things to like wear and not wear. You know, you don't necessarily need your stethoscope. And sometimes that can be used as a um, a weapon, I guess. So just, you know, leave that behind. Um, what else? And make sure you're when you're going into units that are locked units, be mindful of how you open the door and close mm-hmm. the door. So if you're the last person in a group to kind of enter a unit, make sure that door closes right behind you so that nobody has the opportunity to kind of squeeze by. Yeah, and be mindful of the way that you're standing too when you're on the floor. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Try not to stand in the middle of a hallway. Um, you know, we were taught to kind of stand with your back close to or right up against the wall so that way you can see everything you're not blocking anything Uh uh-huh and then when you go in to talk to a patient's uh into a patient's room um kind of position yourself in a way so that way you're not blocking the door and the patient doesn't see you as someone that's you know trapping them in there Mm -hmm. but at the same time put yourself in a space where you can exit quickly if you need to yeah absolutely and if you don't feel comfortable for whatever reason just trust that don't 
put yourself in a dangerous situation if you're getting a weird feeling or whatever just listen to it yeah like this is a learning experience for you don't put yourself in any kind of danger there were certain um like units that I just like didn't really feel comfortable by myself in so I would always go with the resident um and I think that was perfectly fine so yeah and I think it's also again like where you are where it matters so absolutely Mm -hmm. but overall it's very eye-opening very interesting I feel like I really learned a lot so that was a cool rotation yeah this is another rotation too where if you have a little bit more time to talk with your patients sometimes you can really garner information that maybe someone from your team wasn't able to get because mm-hmm. it was a time constraint yeah and if you can get your patient to trust you and build a relationship a lot of times they'll open up to you a bit more yeah absolutely um okay so we got sidetracked when we were talking about our day so we go see our patients and then we would round with the team Um, and then, you know, again, similar to internal medicine, a lot of these other rotations, see what you can do to be helpful, but usually there's not too, too much that you can do. Um, so then just kind of figure out what the flow of the day is from there, but usually you're done relatively early on psychiatry. So this is another rotation that you can kind of breathe, enjoy your life, get back to the gym, do the things that make you happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so in terms of studying, what should we, what should we tell them, Lexi? I mostly just use UWorld for my psych shelf, and I thought it was more than adequate. I agree. The only thing I'll add to that is um, I thought the sketchy drug videos were excellent. Mm -hmm. I would watch those. There's not that many of them. So I kind of just like watched like two a day for like the first week or so. And I feel like that was really helpful. Every question I feel like I got pimped on during psychiatry was a drug-related question. Like, what are the side effects of risperidone? And it's like, okay. Yeah. So. Lactation. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> no but I actually have good heard really good things about this sketchy uh drug videos I just personally I zone out when I watch a lot of videos so I didn't do that mm-hmm. that's fair but all right anything else we should mention as our final little tips and tricks for the rotations I think that's pretty much it I think the summary of all of this is is pick your resources don't get too overwhelmed. Use OME, UWorld, or whatever little thing extra you want to do, but don't do too many. Be present. Arrive early. Ask what you can do to help. Anticipate. Introduce yourself. Um, and just try to be self-aware. What do you think? Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us. I know it's been dragging on for a little while now, but we will join you back for part two. Sounds good. See you soon. Bye.